Hi, you're listening to my mom, Kat Lee, on the Inspired to Action podcast. Hey, can I listen to it? Hey, my name is Kat Lee, and I want to welcome you to the Inspired to Action podcast. I hope this show is the pep talk that you need as a mom, a reminder that what you do every day is life-changing, and it matters more deeply than you could ever imagine. Out of all the women in the world, God chose you to be the mother of your children because you are special and amazing and he has called you and he will equip you. So thank you for serving your family, for loving your children fearlessly and for fighting to be a great mom. This episode is for you. Let's jump right in. Hey friend, how are you doing today? My name is Kat Lee, and yes, you are listening to another episode of the Inspired to Action podcast, and I hope you are rocking whatever it is that you're doing right now. If you're doing dishes, man, I hope you're just doing it lightning fast, and they are as squeaky clean as they've ever been. If you are out for a run, I hope you're breaking some speed records and just really feeling in the groove today with whatever it is that you might be doing, and I am thankful for you. Uh, thanks for listening and for joining me today and my guest, Megan Teets from SortaCrunchy.net. We are talking about some really fun stuff today. I know I nerded out a little bit in the last podcast about organization, and I may slightly be continuing that theme today because we're talking about personality types and personality tests, but I'm bringing it home to you in that I'm relating it to how it affects us as parents how it affects us as mothers, and how it impacts the way that we relate to our children. And Megan knows so much about this sort of stuff. You're going to love what she has to share and the insights that she has into personalities and parenting. Now, before we get into all that goodness, though, I want to thank our sponsor, and that's plantoeat.com. You know, I've mentioned it before, but it's not like Plan to Eat called me up and said, hey, can we sponsor your podcast? I checked them out. They look decent, and I did it. I have been using plantoeat.com for years and years and absolutely love them. They save my bacon every week because I don't always, you know, spend a whole bunch of time planning out my meals. And so I love that I can just sit down and get a whole meal plan and shopping list and everything together in 10 minutes and head out the door to the store. So I love this site and I'm really confident that it's going to be a great fit for you too. So you can go to inspiredtoaction.com forward slash plan to eat, and you can get their free 30-day trial. Now, the cool thing about signing up for that right now is that they're going to be launching their Black Friday sale on, you know, Black Friday. If you're not from the United States, Black Friday is the day after Thanksgiving when there are tons of sales and things online, and Plan to Eat has an incredible 50% off an annual subscription. And I have utilized this many times. I have gifted it many times. And the great thing about it is that if you sign up for their free 30-day trial right now, one, you'll get notified when their Black Friday sale goes live. And then two, if you purchase their annual membership, it won't start until after your 30-day trial. So you get the full 30 days free regardless of when you purchase your membership. And then uh, the the, the 50% off membership starts after that. And if you've already signed up for Plan to Eat for their membership, then you can purchase a 50% off one and it doesn't start until after your current one expires. Does that make sense? I mean, so basically, it's an awesome deal for anyone, whether or not you already are a member of the site or not. So 
Check that out. Go to inspiredtoaction.com forward slash plan to eat. And I wanted to be practical and bring you guys a good meal planning tip for the week. And mine is, you know, you hear about people who cook for the month. You, You know, they'll take a whole Saturday, plan everything out and cook all their meals for the month. I think that is awesome. And I would love to have one of those people as my friend. I'm not one of those people. So I kind of do a variation of that, like the lazy person's variation, in that every time I cook, if there are, if there are enough leftovers to to fill a um, a leftover container, what do you call those things? Like a Tupperware thing. If there's enough leftovers to fill one, I just automatically stick it in the freezer. Especially if there's two or three, then I'll keep one maybe for the next day for us to eat for lunch, but everything else goes into the freezer. And that way I have this freezer full of ready-made meals that, you know, if it's a small one, then my husband can have it for lunch or the kids could take it to school for lunch. Uh, But if there's family-sized ones, then I have a whole meal ready for another day. And it's just a super simple way for me to have food in the freezer that's healthy and ready to go without the big ordeal of cooking all day on a weekend to have a month month's worth of meals. So that is my meal planning tip of the week. I need to have like a little sound effect thing for that. The tip of the week. Okay. Um, I, an, another thing that I wanted to mention to you guys is that I am super excited about a new resource that I am in the process of creating for you. And because y'all are special and my podcast listeners, and I feel like my closest friends in this online world, I wanted to give you a little sneak peek into what I'm working on. It's going to be an online course, and I walk you through a five-step process of uncluttering your life, figuring out what um, activities make you shine, like what tasks bring you the most reward, where to focus your energy and your time, how to set goals, how to get stuff done, and just that whole deal. And it's a five-step thing. And I'm in the very beginning process of it. I have a graphic designer working on a bunch of forms for a planner, and I'm putting together some videos for it. And I'm really, really excited about it because I feel like I've been able to boil down a lot of what I've learned into something that is really simple and practical and actionable. And so I wanted to let you guys know Because I would love for you, if you're interested, to sign up to be beta testers. I'm going to take a few of you through the process in the coming weeks and months so that I can get your feedback on how well it goes and what it it looks like for you, how the process jives with your life and your situation. So if you would like more information about that, I would love it if you would head over to inspiredtoaction.com forward slash class. And I'm only going to be taking a few people for the beta testing. So if you want to be in on that list, head over there and sign up. Again, that's inspiredaction.com forward slash class. All right, guys, we're ready to dive into personality tests. And there is a fact that I'm going to share with you in the next few minutes that is going to possibly blow your mind. It is so good and so inspiring. And I cannot wait for you to dive into this episode. So let's get started with our chat with Megan Teets from SortaCrunchy.net. Hey, Megan, how are you doing today? I am doing well. How are you, Kat? I am doing really well, and I just love this topic. I love how much you know about it, and I'm just, and I think that it is 
not often talked about in regard to moms and on mom podcasts and in mom stuff, but I think it is so crucial. So I'm thrilled to have you here today and to hopefully really enlighten so many of the moms that are listening right now that by the end of this podcast, they're going to be like, oh, I get it. And I get myself and my kids. So um, thank you so much for being here. Well, I am thrilled to be here. I can talk about this stuff all day long. So (laughs) hopefully, uh, yeah, hopefully it's helpful to some people today. I'm really looking forward to going through all this. Well, you know, it's one of those topics that I'm absolutely confident it will be helpful to a lot of people today. So that's that's what makes a great show that that I know that the content is going to help people. So before we get into all of the details of personality stuff, I would love to know more about you. Tell us a little bit about you and your family and your blog. Sure. Okay. So I'm Megan Teets and I am a writer and blogger. Um, I blog at sortacrunchy.net. I've been blogging for just about um, eight years or I'm actually finishing up my eighth year of blogging. Um, My husband, Kyle, and I live in Oklahoma City. We have been married for 16 years. We were college sweethearts. um, So I've known him since I was 18. So we've kind of grown up together through the years. Um, We have four children. I have a nine-year-old daughter named Daisy, a seven-year-old daughter named Eliza Joy. And then we have 21-month-old twin boys, John, Kyle, and Mac. And yeah, we, um, we've we been here in Oklahoma City for a couple of years, and we love it here. And so, yes. Uh, and I was going to tell you, too, a little bit about how I got into Myers-Briggs, and I want to make it clear to everybody who's listening today that I am not actually like a professional Myers-Briggs <laughs> coach or uh, anything like that. You are you can definitely find people who do this as a profession for a living. I am just a Myers-Briggs enthusiast. Um, and my friends would probably say kind of an overbearing enthusiast <laughs> because I managed to uh, bring it into lots of everyday conversations. Um, But so I got into studying Myers-Briggs as a personality system um, probably about 10 years ago, um, just as a way to sort of navigate some differences in marriage. My husband and I are um, exact opposites on the Myers-Briggs scale of personality types. So I got into it to try, kind of just try to figure out how each of us approach um, life together differently and how we could sort of meet in the middle on some of those things. Mm -hmm. So... That's where I got started. And, you know, depending on our levels of self-awareness, it's just so enlightening to hear the different examples and to take the test and have it assigned to us and figure out, oh, I didn't really realize that I was like that or that, that that's a thing. Right. Yes. You know? Absolutely. And so just how it helped you and your husband relate and I'm sure how it helps you as a mom to relate to your children. Absolutely. Yes. That has been huge. That's Mm -hmm. why I'm always bringing it up in everyday conversation because I do, I think that just the more you know about yourself and the more you know about the way that your family members and and close friends sort of operate in the world, uh, the better prepared we are really at the end of the day, really to love each other and Mm -hmm. extend grace to each other and, you know, figure out that we don't always have to be at odds, that we can find a way to, um, to work together through some of this stuff. So absolutely. And and that everyone is different on purpose and it's okay. Yes, absolutely. I, I was telling you earlier that I, my book club, uh, friends and I, shout out to the book club. Hey, girls, we had an emergency personality test meeting last night. I love it. Uh, one love of it. my friends uh, texted us and she's like, hey, there's this Strengths Finders coach and Strengths Finders is really hard to say, 
but it's another uh, one of the personality tests that's out there. And a coach happened to be in town working with um, some of the staff at our church. And so my friend was able to get him and his wife to come and meet with us that night. So like really fast, all of us moms, you know, got the book, took the test, showed up that night, spur the moment. It was amazing that it all worked out. And it was absolutely fascinating. And one thing that he said to me that really, really stuck out to me that I think applies to no matter what personality test you take or whatever, um, just it sort of blew my mind a little bit. So with Strength Finder in particular, there are 34 strengths or talents. I'm not oh, sure wow. if I'm using the right terminology, but that 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 are recognized. And um, most people operate in their top five or their top 10. Okay. And mm-hmm. I'm going to get, actually, I wonder if I have the paper somewhere. I'm going to get the numbers a little bit off, out of whack because details are not necessarily right. My right, strengths. right. Yes. But um, the odds of any two people having the same top five out of those 34 is one in like 278,000. Oh my gosh. Wow. And then the odds of any two people having those same top five in the same order is one in 33.3 million. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. And then the odds of anyone having all 34, all in the same order, I don't remember the number, but it's something, and then it has 36 zeros after it. Oh, wow. And so the that's point incredible. that this guy made was that you know, we hear or we read in the Bible that we are uniquely and wonderfully made, and we hear that God made us for a purpose. But if you think about those numbers, that means that in all of history and possibly in all of the future, there has never been and there will never be anyone like me. So God created me for a specific purpose, not just in this season, not just in my neighborhood or in this time, but in the whole tapestry of his scheme and his plan for the existence of the earth. There is one role that I play that no one else has the, you know, the same alignment of skills and talents to do that thing. And when he said that, I was just like, that just sort of blew my mind that especially for whatever it is that we might do however small or big it might feel suddenly that gives such incredible significance to whatever it is that we might do on a day-to-day basis because God created us specifically to do that thing and to do it differently you know when in compared to all of humanity I don't know I just thought that was incredible that is amazing that gave me goosebumps when you said that that is so incredible so that's wow. why I love this stuff. It just yes. makes you yes. look at life and things in, so differently. So um, Strengths Finder was yeah. great. I would say it's a little bit more complicated to understand. And so that's why I'm really uh, looking forward to talking about Myers-Briggs today because it it's different, but it also, I, th- I feel like, is a lot simpler to understand. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Once you kind of um, learn what letters stand for what and how those work together kind of holistically as a person, it is pretty easy to to understand. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, how about you walk us through the different letters? And because so basically someone would go and take a test and I will have links in the show notes yes. to places where you can take tests. And then you end up with four letters that describe your personality. And yes. each one of those letters stands for something. So. Maybe you could walk us through what those stand for. Sure, I'd be happy to. So like you said, you have four letters, and each of those letters is um, one or the other of a pair of letters. So I'm going to go through each of those four pairs. 
Um, the first one is the one that probably almost everybody is familiar with. It's something that is talked about often just in culture in general. And it's something that's been talked about quite a bit lately, I feel like, in pop culture. And that is the difference between the E and the I, which the E stands for extroversion and the I stands for introversion. Now, a popular understanding, I think, of extroversion and introversion, we generally think about how people um, experience social settings. So we think about extroverts as being the people who are the life of the party, who are extremely outgoing and gregarious and just, you know, true people person types. And then we kind of think about introverts as being people who don't like to go out and hang out with other people or who would rather stay at home or rather go for a walk and spend a lot of time by themselves. And that's sort of just like a really simplified um, version of the idea of extroversion and introversion. But in Myers-Briggs, when you're talking about extroverts or introverts, what we're talking about is how do you get your energy? Do you get energized from things that are sort of in the external world or are you energized by things in the internal world? So for extroverts, these are people who are really energized and really filled up by spending time with other people, particularly in um, good, healthy, fun social situations. Um, so sp spending time, you know, going out on a girl's night out or going to church small groups, those are kinds of things that for an extrovert, they really get just really revved up um, by being around people. Introverts are people who really get that energized feeling and really feel fulfilled when they do have time to spend alone. That is where they really recharge um, and it gives them energy to go about their day. So when it comes to extroverts and introverts, it's not just about the social setting because you can be an actually a really uh, socially sort of awkward or socially anxious extrovert, or you can be an extremely outgoing introvert. All of it comes back to what energizes you. That's so, so that, interesting. Yeah, that's the difference between the E and the I. And I, I have talked to so many people through the years who have been like, you know, I, I was so surprised that I came back with an I, with an introvert, um, on Myers-Briggs because I love to hang out with people. Um, but as it turns out, when it comes down to like what really, um, what's your natural preference, those types of things that they, you know, are actually introverts. So mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that that is the first letter pair. Um, the next letter pair is the N or the S. And N in Myers-Briggs, it's a little bit confusing here. The N stands for intuition. So even though we all know intuition actually starts with an I for <laughs> whatever reason in Myers-Briggs, it, it is represented by the letter N. So those are the in, intuitive types. And then the other one is S, which stands for sensing. And this has to do with how we gather information. So our N types, the intuitive types, are going to be people who get information from the world around them through the abstract or um, the intangible. N types are people who are really good at kind of picking up on the underlying meanings of what's going on in the world around them. Our sensors, our S types, are going to be the people that um, – are they're they're very focused on the five senses, like the literal concrete details around them. Um, they're going to be the people who are taking information through their five senses, and that's where we get the idea of sensing. So that's the N and the S split. Does that kind of make sense on that? It does. It does. That took me a long time to really figure out because um, a lot of intuitive types will say, 
Like, I don't know exactly how I knew this. I just sensed it. Mm. And so when oh, you're talking right. about, you know, like you're an intuitive type, but you're sensing things. Um, yes. It took me a long time to like really understand how to explain that. But it really helps to think about S-types as people who are really grounded in their five senses. Mm-hmm. Kind of seeing things at face value. And- exactly. Yes. Okay. And then the uh, next pair um, is the T and the F split, where T stands for thinking and F stands for feeling. This one is a, is one that is really easy to get. And most people sort of intuitively know which they are, a T or an F, because this is how we make decisions. So our T types, our thinking types, are going to be the people who generally, as a general rule, make decisions based on what is rational, uh, what's logical, Um they are better at making sort of impartial decisions, like just looking at the facts and making a decision. Our F types, our feelers, are going to be people who are a little bit more subjective when it comes to making decisions. They are going to make decisions based on their emotions, um, or or they're going to be the ones who are more prone to making decisions based on what their internal values are. So even if they can look at the facts of a situation, if the facts of the situation sort of violate their internal values, they would prefer to make a decision based on their values rather than the facts. So does that kind of make sense on the T and F? Definitely, definitely. And again, I think that's one sort of like extrovert and introvert that most people sort of have a pretty good feel on if they're a a T or an Mm -hmm. F type. Okay, and then the last letter pair is one that has taken me so long to figure out. Now that I sort of understand it, it's a lot simpler to me, but it took me quite a while to kind of figure out um, how to explain this last letter pair. But so the last letter pair is the P or the J, where P stands for perceiving and J stands for judging. Um, Now, P and J have to do with how we interact with the outside world. And a lot of people, especially women, when they hear that J stands for judging, they at first are going to be like a little bit like, wait a second, I'm not judgmental. Right. But that is not really what it's speaking to here. Um, The perceiving types, the P types, are going to be people who, um, when it comes to information coming in from the outside world, they're really flexible. Um, They don't have as hard of a time being spontaneous. And they really like for things to be really open-ended. The judging types, or the J types, are going to be people who like for things to be orderly, um, predictable. When it comes to um, collecting information from the outside world, the J types are going to be the ones who want to take in that information so that they can make a decision about something. P types are going to be the ones who like for the possibilities to be open. They really like to have a lot of possibilities and really struggle with nailing down and making a decision. And so that is the last difference, uh, or that's the last letter pair there, the P and the J. So what are you? Okay. So I'm ENFP, which I think you have tested as. I have. Is that right? I yeah. Have. I do. I do wonder though. So with the E and the I, uh-huh. um, my question is, I love to be around people and it very much energizes me. At the same time, after I'm around people, I need to go sit in a dark room for a yes. while. So yes. I, I I don't really know which one energizes. If I sit in a dark room for too long, then I need people to energize me. So I guess uh, I guess being with people energizes me, but I still need to recover from. So what does right. that make me? <laughs> well, 
that is actually very classic ENFP. And okay. I identify with that completely. ENFP is actually the most introverted of the extroverts. So we definitely love to be with people, but we need that recovery time mm-hmm. as well. Okay. So let's say that one of the people listening right now goes and takes one of the tests and they get their little result. How is knowing all this stuff going to help us as parents? That is a great question. And um, there's a couple of books that I want to mention that have been really helpful that kind of fill in some of the blanks on this. So I'm going to throw those out there and then I want to just sort of dig into how it has helped me and how I've seen it help other people. And there's a book called Mother Styles that looks at your personality type as a mother and how that affects your parenting. And it goes through each of the personality types, talks about strengths and weaknesses um, and how they apply to hands-on, everyday, in-the-trenches mothering. And then there's another book called Nurture by Nature. And that one has to do with looking at your children's personality types and how best to parent them, how to support them in their strengths and how to help them overcome their weaknesses. And that one's really good. And it kind of helps you to start to peg what you think your kids might be. So I know you said you would put those in the show notes. So I just want to throw those out there as two really great resources. Um, As far as in my own life, what it has really helped me to do is, is to do just that, to look at my type's strengths and really see how what what that brings to mothering. Um, ENFPs can be really fun, can be really imaginative, are really good at being spontaneous and just um, you know bringing lots of fun and fully living into the moment. And so, in the moments when I find myself doing that, I just find that I'm so fulfilled, and I feel like I'm really doing um, the kind of mothering work that I was created to do. Um, it also helps me to really recognize and work on the areas that might be a little bit more of a weakness for me. For example, ENFPs um, can be really terrible with deadlines and <laughs> blowing deadlines and those types of things. So, you know, it helps me to realize, hey, I need a system in place. Like I've got to, if, if my kids are bringing home forms from school, they have to be back by a certain date. I need a system in place so that I don't just toss those, you know, off on the kitchen counter and they're never to be seen again. <laughs> um, so that is, that's one, th- one way that I really have seen it help in my life and in the lives of others is just to be aware, like we were talking mm-hmm. about, just that sense of awareness of what we have going on in how we um, interact with the world around us, both the people and just, you know, just the information that comes at us all the time as moms. And um, the other thing that has been enormously helpful that I just cannot say enough is it really helps me to battle that tendency to compare myself to other moms. Absolutely. Yeah. When, when I know, for example, that I'm an extrovert, I know that I need to have time with other people, with other adults, that things like going out for girls night or making a coffee date with a friend while some people might look at that as just a luxury, those are actually imperative for me if I'm going to be the healthiest, um, most fulfilled mom that I can be. When I go out um, and meet with friends or even just have a friend over for coffee, I am so charged up and so immensely just like fulfilled by those moments that then I can turn around and be the best mom that I can be to my kids and the best wife that I can be to my husband. And I think the same goes for um, moms who are introverts, Um, particularly if you're a mom at home with your kids, that being around people all the time from 
five in the morning until, you know, 10 at night, however long your days are, being around kids can be exhausting. All of us know that when you are a parent, it is like the mom show 24 seven, <laughs> you are on. Um, but so if you're an introverted mom, knowing that it's not a luxury to sort of have some time carved out um, you know, once a day or it, hopefully at least once a week where you can just be by yourself and recover your energy. That's not a luxury. That's something that you have to do to be able to be the best mom that you can be. And all, I mean, I'm using extrovert and introvert as an example, but all of those things, like for example, our S types, the sensing types, those are going to be the people who naturally are really great at like decorating their homes or having a really great sense of fashion. Um, that I'm would not, be why I'm not an S. Exactly. <laughs> I am not either. But so I can go over to my best friend's house who is an S type and her house always looks amazing. It's so cute. It's so thoughtfully decorated. And instead of comparing myself and being like, why can't I, why doesn't my house look like this? Why do I never think to decorate like this? I can just recognize she's a, she's an S type and her house is going to look amazing. She's an S type. She's going to look well put together because that's what comes naturally to her. And it's okay that it doesn't come naturally to me. So, you know, all of us moms is even when we're aware of it, that that comparison thing mm -hmm. just creeps up on us, I think. Um, and so for me, like being able to say, okay, I, I know that you're really strong in this area and that just comes naturally to you. Um, but it's not what comes naturally to me. It sort of takes the pressure off, yes. I feel like, in the comparison game. Well, so. and I think it helps, too, to be able to have a name to it, say this is a thing. So right. that, you know, to give ourselves permission, but then also to approach our husbands with, you know, I've realized that I am an ENFP and I really need to be around people. So when you go out of town on a business trip, I need to hire a babysitter one night so I can have coffee with a friend or, you yes. know, just whatever it is, or, or to be able to verbalize that with friends so that yes. you're in a yes. group of people who are all S's and you're not fitting in and you can recognize exactly. why. It's not that, that you need to uh, uh, achieve that level of fashion or decor or whatnot. Right. It's to recognize that you are different. And I feel like it's so easy to believe that there is one cookie cutter awesome mom that yes that a, the perfect mom is there is a perfect mom and she has these qualities when in reality that is so not true and we each are so different and and you know kind of back to that thing about how we are all so different and we are created to fulfill a certain purpose God made us a certain way for yes. our kids and yes. we need to thrive in those and that's just such a great point because comparison, you, I mean, not only can it discourage us, but it can get us off track of what we're meant to do. Oh, too. absolutely. Yes, That's absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So those are some some huge things that have really, I mean, the Myers-Briggs stuff, it can be really easy to just look at the theories of it, but I love seeing how it applies to everyday mm -hmm. life. And that has been really huge in parenting. Now, how old does a child need to be for you to be able to begin kind of guessing what their natural tendencies are? Well, I have found for my kids, I I really started to see it when they were school age. Um, now, the authors of Nurture by Nature say that you can start to see some tendencies around two or three. I have seen it as they um, are school age and start to interact with peers and really kind of start to come into their own that it becomes a lot easier to sort of peg okay, this one's definitely, definitely an introvert, or this mm -hmm. one's really great with sensing um, those types of things. So I, I pretty much feel like I have my older girls pegged. Of course, the twins are toddlers, and I, 
clueless on them, but um, <laughs> but figuring out, and since my girls are only two years apart, um, being able to identify their differences has been huge in how I parent them, um, especially in helping them navigate just those natural sibling rival rivalry things that come up. Um, I, of course, and this is probably going to be the case in most families because kids are so different. Uh, my oldest is an introvert. My younger one is like the most extroverted extrovert you'll ever meet. <laughs> so a lot, I've noticed, especially like when they're home on break from school or even on the weekends, a lot of their um, squabbling stems from the fact that my introvert daughter is really wanting to get away and get a break and have some quiet and my extrovert daughter is really wanting to be around people and connect with people. And so she's reaching out to her sister, come do this. Let's play this. Let's read this. And my introvert daughter is like, I just want to be alone on my bed to read for a little bit. Mm-hmm. So being able to peg their differences in that way has also helped me kind of dig through and like get to the heart of the problem and then help them figure out how we're going to solve that problem. And do you have any specific examples of knowing their personality type and something that you did differently for that child? Yeah. Um, so for an example, for my extrovert daughter, um, I know that she wants to be engaged with people basically from the time she gets up in the morning until she goes <laughs> to bed at night. So for her, I don't really put any um, hard and fast limits on how much time she can spend, for example, playing with friends after school. Um, if there's friends around and she wants to play outside or have them come over or go over to their house, we have lots of kids on our block. I am so much more prone to just be like, okay, yes, go. And just let her really um, recharge and really be able to connect with her own energy in that way. And um, the same with my introvert daughter, who is very outgoing and loves to be with people, but her schedule is really intense. She's at school all day and then she's in an after-school orchestra program. So she doesn't get home until six in the evening each um, school night. So on the weekends, I really make sure that she has a lot of time just protected by herself to really recharge and recover so that she can feel healthy and um, not too strung out from being around people all the time. That's so good. Yeah, I feel, I think I have one of those daughters as well, my oldest I might peg her as an ENFP. She loves to be around people, but she definitely needs a recovery period. And I love, uh, I don't know if you said this um, in a previous conversation, but you used the word particularly protect. Yes. And and you want to protect her. And I I just think that's so, such a good word to use because they don't necessarily understand it. Although I think knowing about Myers-Briggs and then being able to use those words with yes. kids as they're old enough to understand it will help them understand themselves. And so that, you know, I can say to my oldest daughter, you need that time to recover from all the time yes. you spend with people and it helps you. And actually I have a little, I have a, a marker board in my office and I have a little picture here that she drew at one point in time because it was when I was talking to her about recognizing that when she's upset, she probably just needs some time alone. And so she drew a little cartoon of her crying and then um, her resting in a in a resting place that I have here in my office. And then it's the next picture is um, of her calming down. And then the last picture is a big smiley face of her happy again. Wow, and- that's amazing. That's like really self-aware for but, her to be able to recognize that. And so, and well, she's 12 now. I don't remember. I guess she probably did that like two years ago. Yeah, <laughs> Shows you how amazing. much I erased my marker board. Yes. But um, 
But just knowing that about herself, I think has really helped her. And to be able to put these words to it that, you know, yes. maybe I am introverted or I have introvert tendencies and I need to recover. It again, I think it gives them that permission to you do know, things. That's what I was going to say. That's exactly what I was going to say. It gives them the permission to really, even from a young age, really accept and embrace how God created mm-hmm. them to be. I, I hope for all of my children as they grow up that they recognize like, being an introvert is not a bad thing. There's some really awesome things about being an introvert in the same, you know, for all of the different aspects of their personality. You know, I think a lot of us um, maybe carry into adulthood some of the sort of shame and baggage that people have placed on us for different parts of our personality. Um, You know, whether it was being too loud or too talkative or not loud enough, not talkative enough, you know, all of us have, you know, our own unique family of origin issues that we come from. And I hope that for us as parents, as we discover more about ourselves and about how our children were created, that we're really like empowering them to move into adulthood, really fully accepting and embracing who they are as, um, you know, as creations of God and just really living into that in a really healthy way. Mm -hmm. Because some people are you mentioned family of origin. And so some people might be the one extrovert in a family of introverts. And so yes. all the, you know, the introvert parents just say to them, you need to calm down, you need to be quiet. And so yes. then they think that's actually a weakness instead of a right. strength and they don't know how to develop it. And right. So just knowing these things about ourselves, knowing that if I was an introvert parent, to be able to say, I'm an introvert parent, that's why this one child is kind of getting on yes. my nerves a little yes. bit and, and right. recognizing that it's not that the child is bad. I'm just looking at life through this certain filter yes. and recognizing Absolutely. that they're looking at it through their filter. And we need to kind of figure out how to how to help them. I, I was thinking that it's kind of like, you know, everybody wants everybody. We have that cookie cutter image of a mom, but then we also have the cookie cutter image of what a great kid should look mm-hmm. like. But just like, just like, you know, maybe any basketball player or let's use baseball, any baseball player wants to be a world champion. Um, Everybody approaches that in a different role. There's the world championship pitcher. There's the world championship catcher. And so we can use these personality types to realize that we can have a great kid, but all of our kids are going to come at that end result of being um, a productive member of society, of being kind and all of that, they're all going to come at it from a different way and we need to train them differently uh, to get to that point. And knowing these things about our kids can help us understand what angle we need to come at to help them achieve that, that goal. I just agree with that so much. That is such a fantastic point. Yeah. That's another, another reason to kind of study this stuff Mm -hmm. and get some of it figured out. So Absolutely. Now, will this Nurture by Nature book, does it, that walks a parent through identifying what their child might be? Is that right? Yeah. Yes, it does. It kind of, it goes through each of the types and kind of talks about how each of the types would be expressed differently in childhood and, and those types of things, because all of us are on a journey, of course, you know, mm-hmm. of, of working towards maturity and, and those types of things. So yes, it would help you to really be able to sort of pin down what this would look like, uh, you know, for various children. So I have I have two more questions. One, possibly more. <laughs> I shouldn't peg myself like that. That's um, where can a, a mom go to take the test? And then in addition to that, how do they take the test? Okay, those are fantastic questions. I'm so glad that you asked that. And um, there's one, probably the best one, I think, 
in terms of just it's it doesn't take too long to take. And I I have found that the results are pretty super accurate. Is at 16personalities.com. Um, the name comes from um, with these different pairings of letters. There's 16 possible personality types in Myers-Briggs. And I don't know, I think most people would probably be able to take the test in less than 10 minutes. It's not something that you want to put an overly abundant amount of thought into, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when you take the test, the, I think the most important thing to do is to really be sure that you are answering your natural preference for something. And again, a lot of us um, have um, some superimposed ideas on us about like different parts of our personality. So I try to tell people to just imagine that if you're in your healthiest moment and if your answer is not going to upset anybody else, it's what is truly the truth for you and that when you're in your healthiest moment, because I'm just going to be honest, the past um, 21 months with twins, I have not slept a lot. And so a lot of my sort of extrovert tendencies, um, I just, you know, like I like don't have the physical energy to do a lot of the things that I would normally feel like doing when I'm in my healthiest moment. So for moms, especially because we are prone to things like sleep deprivation and those types of things, when you're taking the test, just really think about if you are at your healthiest And if nobody was going to be upset by what your answer is, answer in that way, instead of thinking like, well, I know I should answer this way. I think that's where a lot of people get tripped up. Like they know what their natural answer would be, their natural preference, but they don't feel comfortable saying that they, they want to answer with what they think the answer should be for various reasons. So my advice would be to really just answer as honestly as possible, what is true for you? And I think that that brings the most accurate test result back. Megan, that is so brilliant. I don't think I've heard of anybody talk about answering it, um, envisioning the healthiest version of you. I I don't, especially like you said, for moms, that is so crucial because if if we're in the you know, baby years, Yes, then we are right. not at our healthiest. Right. And that is, that is a great, great point. You, you should get certified in this stuff because you're really I do that in my, in my free time, <laughs> in, in all your free time with the twins. <laughs> yes. Uh, Megan, thank you so much for joining us today. If you, if you could impart one last word to one of the amazing women that are listening right now, maybe they're about to go back out to get their kids after nap time or quiet time or pick them up from school, what would you say to encourage them in their you know, motherhood? I would say, I would just circle back to what you said at the beginning. That is what, that's what's been on my heart so much lately. All of this personality stuff, it's not to limit you or to box you in or just to slap a label on you. It is really to discover who God created you to be. And I love what you talked about at the beginning, that the one in like billions chance of anybody being created just like you. I, I think that Myers-Briggs or whatever personality system that you like to work with, all of it is to really shine a light on how God created and is empowering and guiding you to become exactly the person that he wants you to be. I, I think a lot of people can be a little resistant to personality stuff because they don't want to be boxed in. They don't want another label on them. But I think instead of looking at it that way, I look at it as being a lot of freedom to really embrace the person that 
that you are meant to be for your children, for your husband, for your church, for your community. You have so much to offer, so much to offer. And uh, the key to uh, unlocking a lot of that can be, I think, in some of these personality systems. So that's what my closing word of encouragement would be. That's a good word, Megan. And I am so thankful that you were able to join us today. I really appreciate the time that it took, also considering the fact that we tried this a few days ago. Yes, yes. No, and it was it was a joy to be here. Like I said, I can talk about this all day. So oh. it was so fun to be with you today, Kat. Well, thank you so much. Um, before we go, can you just mention your blog link again and anywhere sure. else that you want to send people? Sure. Um, sortacrunchy.net is my blog. And really the only other place that I would send people to is we have a lot of discussions about personality on my Facebook page for Sorta Crunchy, which if you just look on Facebook for Sorta Crunchy, uh, it's one word and you'll find us there. And we, we talk about all kinds of personality stuff there. So I would love to have anybody join us there as well. Great. And just to be clear, that's sort of crunchy and not sort of crunchy. Right. Sort of. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, Megan, thank you. And I hope you have a fantastic rest of your day. Okay. Thanks, Kat. Bye-bye. Y'all, did I not tell you that was good stuff? I would love it if you would, if you take one of those personality tests, if you go to 16personalities.com and then head over to the comments on this post at inspiredtoaction.com and let me know what your personality type is. I think that's so fascinating and I would, I'd love to know and I'd love to chat with you guys about it. So uh, go ahead and do that. And then don't forget to check out plantoeat.com and grab that free 30-day trial. You can go to inspiredtoaction.com forward slash plan to eat. And, and y'all just remember that as you head out there, uh, you hit pause or stop on this podcast and you go back to your kids or you head to bed for the day and get ready for tomorrow, wherever you are in your day, remember that in the history and the entire existence of the earth, God specifically made you the way that you are to fulfill a role in his plan for the entire world. And I think that is so empowering. So if you're feeling small right now, know that you are not, and that is a lie from the enemy. God has called you to fulfill your role in, in your life, in your home, in your city, in this country, in your world, in history. I mean, that is amazing and powerful stuff. So know that you are valuable. Know that when God calls us, he equips us. And I encourage you to check in with him today. If you haven't spent time with him today, go do that. Take a few minutes, talk to him, read the word, and um, really connect with him to live out what he's called you to do. You guys are amazing, and I'm so thankful for you. And uh, go give those kids a hug for me. Well, that's all that we have for today's episode of the Inspired to Action podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to listen. I know that there are a million things that you could be doing right now, and I hope that this episode has encouraged you. You know, if you have any questions or suggestions for me, just head over to inspiredtoaction.com and click the contact button to send me an email. I would love to hear from you, and I would love to do whatever I can to get the resources that you need to keep growing as a mom. And if you enjoyed this podcast, it would be awesome if you take a minute to rate it on iTunes. That's going to help more moms to find it and get the encouragement that they need. And as always, you can check out all the show notes for this session at inspiredtoaction.com. And you can also download any of our free ebooks or our free prayer calendars for moms at the blog. Just go to inspiredtoaction.com and click on the resources link. And my name is Kat Lee, and I wish you an incredible day with your family. And remember, you're a mom. You're kind of a big deal. Now go be awesome.
is quiet But I've set aside this time for you I bow before the throne of a noble king And in this place my heart begins to sing It's gonna be a good day A good day filled with his grace His grace and sweet news 